0: We sometimes stay at a cabin in an isolated area on Vancouver Island. For those of you who aren't familiar with the geography, it is rocky coastal climate with similar vegetation to Oregon. My sister, my cousin, and myself, all in our early 20s at the time, had driven into town about 45 minutes away for a late night movie. I like to hike out in the forest in Northern California a lot, hunting mushrooms, One day I'm out in the woods, not a soul around, and I hear the extremely eerie wail of an earthquake siren. They must have been testing it, but being out in the middle of the woods and hearing that was like being in Silent Hill. It continued for several minutes, not a normal siren either, a really long, drawn-out, up-and-down wail of a siren, the kind that would give you chills on a sunny day. I live out in the cornfields, I used to hike my neighbor's cornfield all the time with permission from my neighbor who owned the cornfield. He knew my family because my dad dated his daughter way back when, and he liked him. Of course my dad and his daughter broke up, but he still liked my dad, even more so when my mom and dad became his neighbors. He had a brook running through the cornfield for natural irrigation. This brook was part of a river. That spanned pretty much the whole county, and it entered on his property in a forest that was on the edge of his property, and my other neighbor's property. It was 100% his property, and not mine nor the other neighbor's. So one day, when I was young, I followed this brook to the forest, simply because it was summer and I had no school, and nothing better to do. I had always been drawn to the tranquility of nature, which is why I became a park ranger. When I was assigned to Hollow Grove Park, I was thrilled. The park was shrouded in a serene beauty that made me feel at ease. Yet, there was something odd about this place that I couldn't quite put my finger on. The first thing I noticed was the mushrooms. They were everywhere, in shapes and sizes I had never seen before. They had an uncanny appearance their oddly shaped caps and twisted stems weaving an intricate tapestry across the park. The fauna and flora seemed to behave strangely around these mushrooms. The birds would avoid flying over them, and the usually adventurous squirrels would scamper away at their sight. The flowers around the mushrooms seemed to bloom less brightly, and the grass seemed to grow less green. Soon, visitors started reporting sightings of a strange creature. They described it as a bizarre cryptid that seemed to sprout from the fungi itself. It was said to move with an eerie grace, its form undulating and shifting as it moved amidst the mushroom. The reports unnerved me. As a park ranger, it was my duty to ensure the safety of the park and its visitors. I decided to investigate to uncover the origins of this cryptid and its connection to the mushroom. As night fell, I ventured into the park, armed with a flashlight, and a resolve to find answers. I moved slowly, my eyes scanning the illuminated patches of earth for any sign of the creature. After what felt like hours, I saw it. In a clearing filled with mushrooms it emerged. It was unlike anything I had ever seen. It was a part of the mushrooms, yet separate. It moved with an uncanny grace, its form constantly shifting and changing. It seemed to be a part of the park itself a manifestation of the mushrooms that dominated the landscape. I realized then that this cryptid was not a threat, but a guardian. The mushrooms were a part of its life cycle, its form and existence tied to their growth. It was an essential part of the ecosystem, maintaining a balance. But something was disrupting this balance. The excessive growth of the mushrooms was a sign of a deeper problem, a symptom of an imbalance in the park's ecosystem. I spent the following weeks working tirelessly, conducting soil tests and studying the park's flora and fauna. My efforts paid off when I discovered an invasive species of plant that was leaching nutrients from the soil, causing the mushrooms and, in turn, the cryptid to multiply in an attempt to restore balance. With the help of the park's management, we implemented a plan to remove the invasive plants and restore the park's natural harmony. It was a long process, but we eventually managed to contain the situation. The mushrooms returned to their natural numbers, and sightings of the cryptid became rare. The park returned to its peaceful state, its serenity no longer marred by the unsettling growth of mushrooms. I often think back to that strange cryptid, a creature born of nature's resilience, It serves as a reminder of the delicate balance of our ecosystems and the strange and wonderful ways in which nature asserts itself. As Sergeant James Odysseus Colton, leader of a Navy SEAL team, my life was defined by high stakes missions and unimaginable pressure, but nothing could have prepared me for the horror that awaited us on a seemingly routine recovery operation in South America. Our mission was simple. Recover a stolen artifact from a dangerous cartel. We infiltrated their compound, neutralized the threat, and retrieved the artifact, an ancient green-tinted mirror with an intricate serpentine frame. Victorious, we began our return journey. It was then we realized the price of our mission. The mirror, when caught in the moonlight, awakened an ancient terror. The Gorgon. The monstrous creature, with her hair of writhing serpents and eyes that turned men to stone, emerged from the mirror's depths. Our fellow soldiers, caught by her gaze, were petrified instantly. Their screams echoed in my ears as they became stone statues. It was a sight that would haunt me forever. With our numbers dwindling, I rallied the remaining men. We face an enemy like no other, I said, my voice steady despite the terror gnawing at my insides. But we're SEALs, we adapt, we overcome. We fought the Gorgon with everything we had. Bullets ricocheted off her scaled body. Grenades did nothing. It was the mirror, I realized. The artifact, it was our only chance. With a daring plan in mind, I ordered my men to distract the Gorgon while I maneuvered myself behind her. The mirror clutched tightly in my hands. The Gorgon, focused on my team, didn't notice my approach. With a deep breath, I thrust the mirror in front of her. Caught in her own gaze, the Gorgon stiffened. Her serpentine hair hissed and writhed before turning rigid. In moments, she was transformed into a monstrous stone statue. Our relief was short-lived as we took in the stone forms of our comrades. The victory was bitter. Our losses too great. We had defeated the Gorgon, but at what cost? The artifact, we later discovered, had been part of a dangerous gambit by the cartel to unleash chaos and seize power amidst the confusion. Their plan backfired, but it was us who paid the price. As we left the battlefield, the stone forms of our brothers-in-arms, a stark reminder of the cost of our duty, I made a vow. We would honor our fallen and we would continue to fight, no matter what horrors we faced. We were the seals, and we would never back down. Went to Table, Rockview, Appalachian Trail, Dauphine, Pennsylvania. Yesterday with some friends. We wandered a bit off the trail to look at an interestingly shaped rock and me, and another friend heard what sounded like a fox but the noises were more like how an owl who, but a bit more high-pitched. So imagine if a fox screamed, but more relaxed, like an owl hoo, And it only happened three times, then stopped. One of my other friends just randomly started talking about how people who hike around the Appalachian Trail report hearing noises like children crying or a woman screaming. But it's a skinwalker trying to lure you further off the trail. I said, wait, didn't you just hear that? kind of sounded like a high-pitched fox noise. That was when my one friend say, yeah, he heard it too. But my other friends didn't notice it. I was literally expecting to see someone, possibly younger kids walk up the trail, but no one else ever came during that time. What do you all think? I'd always loved my job as a park ranger. I enjoyed the peace and quiet of the wilderness the sound of the birds, and the fresh air. However, my most recent adventure in the woods had been anything but peaceful. It all started when I received a call about a group of campers who'd gone missing in the woods. I immediately set out to search for them, knowing that the dense forest could be dangerous for those who didn't know the terrain. As I made my way through the woods, I noticed something unusual in the distance. It looked like a small town, but one that I had never seen before. I decided to investigate, hoping to find some clues as to where the missing campers might have gone. As I approached the town, I noticed that something was off. There were no signs of life, no movement, no sound. The town looked completely deserted. As I began to explore the town, I realized that it had been abandoned for years. The buildings were old and crumbling, the paint was faded, and the streets were overgrown with weeds. I wandered through the town, feeling a sense of unease. There was something about the place that made me feel like I was being watched. It was then that I heard a noise, a rustling in the bushes. I drew my weapon, ready for anything. But as I turned to face the source of the noise, I saw a group of campers emerging from the woods. Thank God we found you, one of them exclaimed. we have been lost in these woods for days. I breathed a sigh of relief, glad to have found the missing campers. But as I looked closer at their faces, I realized that something was wrong. They looked pale and frightened, as if they had seen something terrible. What happened to you? I asked. The campers hesitated before one of them spoke up. We stumbled upon this town, and we thought it was abandoned. But then we started to hear strange noises, and we saw things moving in the shadows. Something's hunting us, and it's getting closer with each passing moment. I knew that we had to leave the town immediately. We packed up our gear and set out, hoping to make it back to the safety of the park. As we made our way through the woods, I could feel the presence of something following us. It was like a predator stalking its prey, waiting for the right moment to strike. We tried to move quickly, but the woods were thick and the terrain was treacherous. We stumbled and fell, struggling to keep up our pace. And then we heard it, a growling sound that chilled us to the bone. We turned to face the noise and saw a creature emerging from the shadows. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. It was tall and muscular, with sharp claws and teeth, and a fur-covered body that glinted in the moonlight. The campers screamed and ran in terror, but I stood my ground. I raised my weapon, aiming for the creature's heart. But as I fired, I realized that it was too late. The creature had already pounced on me, its claws tearing through my flesh. I fell to the ground, feeling my life slipping away. The last thing I heard was the screams of the campers as they fled into the night. When I woke up, I was in a hospital bed. The doctors told me that I'd been found by a search party, wandering through the woods in a state of delirium. I was with my friend I'm going to call Bane. Going through the woods. Now let me trace back a little. This was in this big forest that stretches for miles with an entrance around the block from where I used to live. I saw and heard all kinds of scary phenomena in that woods. One time I was walking through with band, and when you first get into the woods, there's a path to the right that's blocked off by a fallen tree. If you go to the left, there's a little hill that goes down now. There's two paths to go. The one on the left leads to a forest with denser trees, and the one on the right has the same trees all the way through. If you go to the right, there's two more really long paths, probably about a three or four minute walk, but you can still see to the end, one on the left and on the right. The time before I heard a baby crying coming from the left, I didn't even get to go deep into the woods this time to be scared out. I thought I was tripping at first. I thought it was the tree, and my eyes were playing tricks on me. But I squinted my eyes and saw whatever this was was really moving, and the reason I thought it was a tree was because I could see through him. It was a man wearing a brown hooded cloak or robe. He was transparent, walking left to right faster than humanly possible. But it would only walk two or three feet before turning around and just doing it repeatedly. I ran out fast as heck, LOL. Anyways, about the wahila... It's a big giant white wolf, kind of like the wendigo. It can shapeshift, but the white wolf is the main form. One time I went down the left path and out of nowhere from the right, I see a giant white wolf. It jumped out from a bush and made not a single noise, but this creature is said to kill. It hopped back into the bush and just disappeared. It didn't even scare me. Whatever this was gave me vibes of good like it was looking out for me or protecting me because, I mean, it didn't attack me. Except my friend didn't see the same thing I saw. After we had run out, he told me he saw a giant white creature standing there on two legs. I told him what I saw and he dismissed it telling me what he saw. So we saw two different things. Was it a wahila or do y'all think it could have been something else? What do y'all think the brown-robed man was? I need names for these cryptids or phenomena because I need some kind of explanation. The dense forest seemed to hold its breath as I patrolled the winding trails of the National Forest. Strange occurrences had been plaguing these woods. Incidents that defied logical explanation. A chill ran down my spine as I couldn't shake the feeling that this forest was haunted by an unseen presence. With each step... I delved deeper into the mysteries that clung to the ancient trees. Whispers of tragedy and untold secrets echoed through the rustling leaves, urging me to uncover the truth. The weight of the past pressed upon me, as if the forest itself yearned to share its sorrow. It was then that I stumbled upon the grim history that hid beneath the serene façade. Five past park rangers, their lives extinguished in a shroud of mystery— Their deaths remained unresolved, leaving behind a trail of unanswered questions and a lingering fear that I could be next. As I continued my patrol, a foreboding presence settled over me, intensifying with each passing moment. It was as if unseen eyes watched my every move, their gaze piercing through the veil of reality. My heart raced, my instincts urging me to flee, but duty compelled me to press on. Suddenly, A flicker of movement caught my attention. I turned to face the source, my eyes widening in terror. There, before me, stood a four-legged creature, its body contorted in unnatural angles. Its eyes glowed a haunting red, emanating an otherworldly aura. The locals called it the crawler, a creature whispered about in hushed tones, said to be a harbinger of doom. Fear and adrenaline coursed through my veins as I raised my weapon, aiming to protect myself from this abomination. I squeezed the trigger, but the crawler evaded the shot, disappearing into the depths of the forest with an unearthly agility. The sun dipped below the horizon, casting an eerie glow over the landscape. I returned to my isolated cabin, seeking solace in the sanctuary of my dreams. Fatigue weighed heavily on me as I succumbed to sleep, The morning light cast its gentle rays upon the campsite, but something was amiss. Campers nearby discovered a lifeless body lying motionless in the remote cabin. The cause of death, a stroke, a cruel irony that a ranger dedicated to protecting others had succumbed to the very depths of his own fear. When I was around 17, 18, I am now 23. 23 probably about a year or so before I had symptoms show up. I worked at a cinema which is notoriously haunted. People quit their jobs from seeing things. Multiple people I know claim to have heard unexplainable voices, laughs, cries, doors locking, being knocked on when no one's around, that sort of thing. I was working on the food counter and a guy in a wheelchair came in and said, look after your body, kid, in an extremely haunting fashion. Me, being an immature drug enthusiast, laughed it off. And he'll never forget the look he gave me when I giggled at what he said. It's almost like I can still see his face and hear how he said it. I've had sleep paralysis with the guy's face staring back at me. Creepy, sir. But the funny thing is, shortly after this is when I started experiencing crazy health symptoms. Loss of control over my bowel's bladder. Pain in legs, arms, etc. I clearly didn't listen to his advice. Smoking, drinking, doing pills, sniffing. Anything doing pills, sniffing anything that can be sniffed, basically just abusing. My body, to a high extent. I can't help but think this guy was some kind of messenger. Something warning me about the path I was about to go down. So fast forward to today, I'm not well at all, and it all feels like I've just ignored the signs that were put before me. I've never really been into the whole God stuff. But I've always left a space for the thought of something bigger than me. But recently I've started praying before I go to sleep, just asking for insurance with my health, etc., hoping for the best kind of thing. I've always had an overactive imagination. I used to think I could astral project and always had crazy lucid dreams. But in the past few days I feel like when I close my eyes all I can see is crazy dark shit, almost like demons and dark shit going on. But last night... I had these visions where two people were dressed in like robes and one of them offered me a hand, which I took. One of them then continued to dig into my chest and seemingly remove the pain in my chest and then held their hand up almost bringing attention to their five fingers. I don't know what this means and it kind of scares me as to what it could. I guess what I'm here saying is, you guys just think I'm nuts. Anyone had any similars going on in their life? Is it time to fully accept God into my life? Is it time to fully accept God into my life? F knows, let me know what you think. My son and I were in the Detroit area in the fall of 2000 October. We heard what we thought was a high-pitched scream coming out of the creek bottom. We heard the sound twice, once very close, just about 300 yards downhill from us then again from farther off and to the right in an area of big timber. The sound left an impression on the two of us. We have hunted and fished all over Oregon, but the sound is like nothing I have ever in my life heard. It was as if you could hear it in your head after the sound had stopped. The area is southwest of Detroit on the south shore. Would very much like to hear other recorded sounds, but little unsure. Maybe may be a little freaky hearing the same sound recorded by other people. I've been interested in Bigfoot since I was a kid, but the sound we heard is like nothing we've ever heard. I met up with my friend at his house after work at about 10pm. We both got off work at the same time and go to his house to hang out. We were outside on his porch near the driveway. We heard the horses across the street in the field running around, which was odd but didn't think nothing of it. We heard a turkey squabble, which then we thought a mountain lion was out there. Shortly after that, we heard loud and repetitive sniffing noise. We all just stood there for a minute, looking at one another. I was asking my friend what he thought it was, and he did not know. My friend is an avid hunter of all game and has never encountered anything like it. We then realized, that is weird and also realized how close we were to these creatures. We could see that the one crouched was smaller than the one standing, so the creature might have gotten defensive and backed up, loud, like a large dog sniffing in your ear. After a few seconds of wondering, we went to the edge of the road. I made a coughing noise to get a reaction from whatever it was out there. Just as I did that, we heard a very loud and aggressive grunt. We went inside to grab a rifle and a flashlight. We for sure thought it was a bear or mountain lion, and we knew it was close. We went back to the edge of the road. The road separates his driveway from the field where the noise was coming from. He shined his flashlight in the direction of the noises, his fanning type pattern. His first pass reveals nothing, but on his second pass, we freaked. There wasn't much light, "'except the motion detector and our flashlight. "'With that, we saw the figures of two creatures in crouched potion "'just in front of the fence in the field. "'They were literally fifteen feet or so in front of us. "'There, eyes were staring right back at us, "'and they were close together on their faces, not like a horse. "'Just then, one of them stood up on two legs. "'At this point, I had moved to the side a little "'because I did not want my friend in my line of fire, just in case.' I had a diagonal view of the creatures now. I can tell you that this thing stood about seven to eight feet tall, because the fence at five feet tall, and this creature rested its forearms on top of the fence without effort. I mean, it could have scaled the fence easily. The other creature remained crouched. I could see their sural-shaped heads. They had a shadow because the light, so their shapes were pretty clear, and we were so close the measurements of their shadows were not too far off from actual... The one that stood was incredibly big. He was boasting his chest out maybe to intimidate us, or for defense. We were scared, but did not feel threatened. However, the creature could have easily scaled the fence and got us if it wanted. I mean, it was probably watching us long before we saw it. Our fear finally sunk in, and we went inside to look out the windows. We did not see anything else but the dogs in his backyard started barking about a minute or two after we came inside. Dogs that live in the area always bark due to other animals that wandered down the mountain, which is a clear shot from the field where this creature was. I have not been to his house at night ever since, and he has recently moved from the residence and he has recently moved from the residence anyhow at the time, I was a college student and have since did service in the military, and I am single father. I have no need to make this up. I'm not sure what I saw was a Bigfoot, but I know it wasn't a horse, mountain lion, or bear. Bears do not live in this part of the area. They live in the region, but not here. This part of the valley is too dry, and their food source is not here either. I researched the bear population and the likelihood of a bear entering this area. It is not common. What I saw stood like a large man, moved like a man, and looked like a man, and looked like a man, but was not. This is the first time I have formally reported this. Driving back to the cabin at night is never fun. Very isolated, spotty cell reception, hairpin turns, black darkness due to the isolation and lack of street lamps or cabin lights, and lots of deer so you have to keep your eyes peeled. This night was even worse because it was very foggy coming in from the right side of the road, and even with our brights from our truck, we could barely see past it. My cousin is also a bit of a reckless driver and was taking the turns a bit fast for my liking. It was stressful to say the least and completely eerie. So when one of us spoke up to say they were feeling spooked, all three agreed. So we get to an isolated stretch with literally nothing but forest to our right and a steep incline to our left and suddenly onto the shoulder of the road and out of the fog steps a boy. He looked about no more than twelve years old, and he was just standing on the shoulder of the road from the forest watching as our car drove by. Ah, get creeped out just typing this. He wasn't injured, was not trying to flag us down or get our attention necessarily, beyond his mere presence on the side of the road in this ridiculously isolated area at midnight in the fog, and had a very neutral expression on his face which was surprising, given that we probably almost blinded him with our brights. We freaked out, my cousin almost swerved off the road. My sister was sitting in the back and didn't pay attention until my cousin swerved. She looked in the rear view, assuming we had just narrowly avoided a deer, and in a nervous voice said, Um, I think I am seeing things, but did you guys just see a boy on the side of the road in the fog? Once we confirmed that none of us were hallucinating, we debated turning back, And in retrospect, we probably should have pulled over to see whether he was a runaway or in an accident. And if he needed help, but we were way too freaked out and just continued on. To this day, I cannot figure out why he would have been out there, and it sends shivers down my spine to think about it. What I found was this nice little waterfall, not too big and not too small. It was perfect, especially with the canopy of the forest covering it. It was my little hideaway from the rest of the world. When we had a dry spell, I would go there and relax on the bank of the brook and look at all the minnows and spawn that had been swept away from farther upstream. But when it had been raining, the entire area was flooded, so I couldn't even get to it, let alone relax on the bank. After so many years in Cub Scouts and Scouts, I learned the importance of keeping that area clean, and I did just that. I followed what I learned from scouting and left no trace because it was a beautiful ria and I wanted to preserve it for my next visit. Well, that all changed when the other neighbor died and a family with young kids moved into his old house. Remember, this wasn't their property, but it was close to it. One day I went there and I found what could only be described as a war scene. The waterfall had been diverted, the brook had been dammed, and there were toys and plastic bottles and wrappers everywhere. I knew immediately this was the doing of my new neighbor's kids, This place of nature and peace had become the playground for a bunch of inconsiderate children. The minnows and spawn were almost gone. I saw buckets full of them, so my only guess is that the kids were collecting them and keeping them as pets. The most messed up thing I have ever seen is an area that everyone would consider beautiful and peaceful turned into a playground for inconsiderate children who could care less what they leave behind or do to it.